Michigan fans everywhere presenting the Michigan Marching Band. Band, take the field. Hello, I'm Carl Grafentine, public address announcer for Michigan Stadium. Welcome to Into the Stands. Thanks for coming on with me today, Carl. My pleasure. Looking forward to the season. Absolutely. Uh, to start out, uh, go ahead and give us a little bit of a background on who you are, what it is that you do. Okay. I have been announcing the games at Michigan Stadium for 19 years, but I've been the voice of the Michigan Marching Band now for 54 seasons. I started in 1970 when I was still a student, and I just never stopped. So it's a it's been a major part of my life. Nowhere I'd rather be. On a That's awesome. Afternoon in the fall. Absolutely. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you started out in radio after you graduated from Michigan, Craig? Right. Uh, I was a music student. Originally, I thought, you know, I would be a music teacher. Uh, radio TV was a minor and something that always sort of pulled at me. I decided to, quote, give it a try. That was, what, 1972. And then I did 46 years in radio, 43 years of that doing morning shows. Uh, I retired five years ago and uh, moved back to Michigan. Uh, I was in Chicago for 33 years, driving in to do the games every week. That's awesome. I, I know what that feels like. I started out uh, working at the University of Akron, and then when I moved to Columbus in 2019, I was, you know, I don't think it's as far of a drive from Chicago to Ann Arbor, but uh, st still a hike. So so you didn't ever really plan to go into radio. It was more of a, it just kind of happened. I, just, I always had a little, uh, a little pull toward that. And as I say, just decided to give it a try. And uh, I kept trying for 46 years, so. That's that's amazing. Um, so as you said, you started as the, the the announcer for the marching band in 1970. Correct. Was that something that you were approached for, or was there like an open audition? They said, "Hey, we we need a PA announcer. You know, come audition for this." Or how did you get to that position? I didn't march in the band, but I was close to the band. All my classmates were in band. I happened to be in orchestra. But I knew all the guys in the band. I knew the fellow who was the announcer in the 1969 season. He was a good friend, and he graduated, and I just decided to audition for the legendary William D. Ravelli. It was his last year after 36 years of Michigan and my first year. That's incredible. And so then I read online, you know, Howard King was the PA announcer prior to you up until 06, and then he retired and you took his place. At that point, you had been doing the band for 36 years. Mm -hmm. um, was was the football job something that you had thought about doing, or was it something you wanted to do and, and it finally happened? Or how did the football job come about? Uh, good question, and, and a good story, I hope. Um, yeah. I had never really thought about it, I don't think. Howard was a dear friend. He was in our wedding. Uh, also, he had retired by then and had moved to Traverse City, 
Michigan. So we were comparing notes. We each drove about 250 miles, uh, 500 miles round trip for every Michigan game. And we had been vacationing up in Traverse City in the summer of 2005, had lunch with Howard, said, see you in a few weeks. And then a week or two later, I got a call from the athletic department, said, Howard's in the hospital. He's going to be there for a while. Would you like to do the game? So I thought about it for a while. I had never done it. I fancied myself as knowing football pretty well. So I did the first three games of the uh, 2005 season filling in for Howard. He came back and did the last three, uh, but it was difficult for him. And he announced his retirement. I remember the Ohio State game in Ann Arbor. Uh, we were ahead, but Troy Smith had a big fourth quarter. <laughs> but uh, that was Howard's last game. But uh, Bruce Mate, the uh, sports information person, came to me and said, uh, Howard's retiring. Do you want the job? If not, I'll post it. And I thought about it for about a day, and I said yes. And so uh, I count 2005 as my beginning because I said Howard and I split that season, really. But, yeah, officially 2006. Okay. And have you uh, missed any games since the 06 season? I I missed one for a medical reason. Gotcha. Twenty in 2014. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Because I, I was doing the math, and since yeah, since 1970, uh, Bo Schembechler was the coach back there. There were back then, uh, 384 home games there have been, and then since um, 06, there's been 111. So no. someday better... I can go back and count up, count them all. Uh, the stat I usually use is I've missed four home games since 1966. That's incredible. When I was a student. Uh, one, because I went to the uh, 1968 Tigers World Series game. <laughs> I was a student and I just chose the World Series game over the Michigan. And then I missed two in 2004. That was still just the band. And one in uh, 2014 for medical things. Yeah. So if, if that's the case, since at least since 1970, 344 games you have been in attendance wow. at. In case wow. you were wondering. <laughs> so that is incredible actually to think about and so to take a second to talk about me a little bit um you know born and raised in ohio uh you and i had met i work for ohio state athletics on game days running the scoreboard and we had met at the michigan ohio state game in uh 2022 in columbus but you know my dad born and raised in michigan diehard michigan fans my whole family's diehard michigan fans you know, it's it's an audio only podcast, but I have a Michigan helmet sitting behind me right now. You know, it's it's it, it runs in the blood. My grandfather and his brother still to this day, they watch every game at their own house. And then as soon as halftime hits, the phone rings, they answer it. Don't even say hello. Just start talking because they know it's the other brother. Just start talking about the game. It's it's something that was kind of interesting to me because. My first game wasn't until I was 12 in 2008. I went to the Michigan versus Miami of Ohio game. And one thing that I was really excited about was the band. Uh, my dad grew up as a trumpet player. He always, you know, talked about the band. You know, we always loved when on the rare occasions when they would show the band, you know, doing the the marching M down the field before the game or, or whatever like that. And it was funny because growing up, we actually had a marching band CD uh, from Michigan and, okay. um, and it, it, had all your introductions on it and everything like that. And so I'd never been able to hear you into 
um, in person until that day. And then I, you know, getting to watch you announce at Ohio State was was just incredible for me. I, I stood there and actually <laughs> took a video off to the side and I still have it on my phone. Absolutely love it. Uh, makes me laugh every time I, uh, I I watch it and you can hear the boos when, when the victors starts playing. Of course. Uh, but you got to love it. So are we able to hear your signature band introduction? Sure. Uh, actually, it, it changed just a year or so ago after, I don't know how okay. many uh, We changed just the opening sentence to be more inclusive. So it is now. This is like for the pregame show. Michigan fans everywhere presenting the Michigan Marching Band. Band, take the field. I love that. I can't tell you how much I, I love hearing that. I Because I, it's, with like you said, with the exception of the first sentence, it's been been the same since, you know, since I was a kid. And I, it, well before my time, too. So. I, I love it. Um, so how, how does it make you feel or what kind of thoughts come to your mind when to know that you're someone whose voice is the backdrop to so many memories for people like I have, you know, and just even a couple of years ago, I was able to take my grandfather to, you know, a game he's 87 and, you know, hearing him talk about, you know, all the, you know, I remember working and coming to the stadium when it was level with the ground and just talking about all the different building and just knowing that you've kind of been the voice behind in the background of all that. It's amazing when I do the math and realize, you know, first I was the same age as the kids in the band, and then eventually I was old enough to be their father. Now I'm old enough to be their grandfather. And to think that they all, you know, grew up listening to me, I mean, ever since 1970 and since 2005, and I'm the only voice that comes out of the speaker. So uh, it's uh, it's just a tremendous honor to be part of that great tradition. That's yeah, it's I couldn't imagine. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm somebody who, when I work games, nobody knows I exist unless I mess up, and I, <laughs> I like to keep it that way. I couldn't imagine being the voice in front of a hundred and ten thousand plus people. Um, when you but, say you do scoreboard, do you do the clock too, or is that somebody else? I so I only do the scoreboard. Um, there's somebody else who does run the play clock, and then the Big Ten sends an official for every game for the game clock. Okay. So that the game clock is run by the Big Ten. And some rules have changed on that this yes. year. Yeah. Yes, so. they have. So I'm happy I'm not involved. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just have to worry about where the ball is on the field. Very good. Um, so mentioned it a little bit before. The stadium has changed quite a bit since you started. Um, what do you think of the changes that have been made? Are there any that you like more than others? Any, you know, the, the new scoreboards are going to be incredible this year. Um, and is there something that you think would be be a good addition to the stadium if, if you had a say? Hmm. Well, as you said, it used to be almost level. You know, people would drive past Michigan Stadium and they'd see, oh, maybe 20 rows of bleachers and, and a press box. But then you walk in and it goes down 70 more rows. So it, it was 90 rows originally, then a slight expansion in 1998, then uh, 2010 was the year that the renovation opened. The press box, boy, I, I don't have uh, square footage figures, but it at least quadrupled, if not quintupled in size. I mean, it, it's just massive compared to that little box we used to have. And then they built a, a mirror image on the east side of the field as well, which is uh, mostly suites and uh, premium seating. And there's a 
a banquet hall in there for receptions. You know, people love to come in and have their event looking over the stadium. You know, it's a it's nice. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, it's great. The sound bounces a little better. It used to be since it was totally open air that, you know, the sound just went up into the air. Now it has something to bounce off. The big change for me was the speakers used to be on top of the press box on the west side of the field pointing east. And so there was no delay. Uh, depending on how many people were in the stadium, there might be some echo, you know, rolling around. But ever since 2010, the speakers are now in the north scoreboard. And that took some getting used to because that's such a massive place. I say it and then I hear it coming back at me in this gigantic PA system about a second or a second and a half later. And that yeah. is, I'm used to it now. I've been done it to it. 12 years now. So I'm pretty much used to it. But it has thrown a couple of people, uh, visiting band announcers, stuff like that, who just sort of clutched because it's it's so disconcerting. Yeah. If, if Wes goes up there this year, I'll have to make sure he, uh, he well, prepares Wes, for it. Wes, Wes has done it a few times. Now. He, he's got it down. Um, but yeah, no, I know that's that was one thing that, uh, that Bobby here at Ohio State, we always had the windows closed because it just eliminates that echo. Um, because it can, it can make win- a difference. Yeah, we always have the windows completely open. It's just I just feel that connection to it. Well, if it's really cold, we'll keep them closed until kickoff. But it's it's just got to be. That's the way we do it. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, personally, I'd prefer to have them open, but I don't get to make that choice. Yeah. <laughs> so um, been doing it for a while. Do you have a uh, a game day routine, and and what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, I arrive at the press box, uh, I aim for two hours and 15 minutes before kickoff, whenever kickoff is, because I do an announcement at the two-hour mark saying, you know, the gates to Michigan Stadium are now open, welcome to the big house, enjoy your day, etc., etc. And then the next uh, 90 minutes or so are setting up my charts and, you know, the pen and the binoculars and everything usually finding either someone from the SI department of the opposing school or sometimes their radio broadcaster to double check some names on the roster. It's uh, There are so many names that you just never know. It could be this way, that way. And a lot of times they don't think about that, that the first name might be a problem. They just look at the last names and try to phoneticize it maybe in their press release. Uh, the biggest challenge, well, since I've been doing them now 19 years, we've played Hawaii twice. And that was the one. We had a guy with 11 syllables in his name. Uh, I wish I could remember. Meki Kamani Kalei Wahea or something like that. It's incredible. So I, I, I got them all. I, I nailed them, but uh, it was a lot of work. That makes uh, JT Tuamui allow at Ohio State easy. That's right. This will be the- <laughs> Yeah, I'll be prepared um, for him this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then the final final question I have um, regarding what it is that you do. What is your favorite part of being the voice of of Michigan Stadium? Well, for thirty plus years doing just the band, uh, it was easy. I mean, I was you know the band prepares, it's rehearsed, it's to the second. I knew what I was going to do. But then adding the games, you know, suddenly it's a lot of work <laughs> instead of spending the, you know, the game time you know, schmoozing or having a snack or something, I'm working. And uh, 
but it's a challenge and then it feels good when it's <clears throat> when the challenge is met and we we know we only made a you know one or two errors on things um the most thrilling part is still doing the band because that's you know more that's rah rah but the doing the game is a is a real privilege and a you know responsibility and uh, love being there looking out over well, walking in there two hours before the gates open and look at this empty expanse and know that two hours later, you know, we'll be doing it. And yeah. you know, can prepare for the game, too. I mean, I do with the rosters and charts and numbers and all. But there's that uh, nervousness because you can't prepare what you're going to say like I can with the band because it depends on what happens on the field. You know, yeah. so spend all this time preparing and then the first thing is, who's going back for the kickoff? Who are those guys? Can you see that number? It's, is that 82 or 80? You know, and uh, it's just tense right off the bat. Yeah, it's it's it definitely is. I because even you know just running the scoreboard, I'm we're all involved in helping the PA announcer. I don't know what the setup is at at Michigan, but you know at you know here at Ohio State, all of our scoreboard stuffs on the first row. PA announcers up behind us and. As soon as they take the field, we're all yelling out who's doing what, who's where, and all this stuff. So it's right. it's definitely a team effort um, for sure. It is. But um, so that was my final question I had on being the voice of Michigan Stadium. But I do have a couple of extra questions. Um, sure. Every everybody that we have on, we ask them the same questions, uh, just to kind of have a little continuity between episodes. We call them the power play questions, just to keep them hockey related in some way, shape, or form. Okay. So first, what is your favorite sports venue that you have? been to whether you've attended a game or just you know seen it what's what's your favorite venue you've been to i'll never forget the first time i went into the press box at the rose bowl i mean that is something i'd grown up seeing on tv for years and of course those were the simpler days when uh, michigan and ohio state would play and whoever won went to the rose bowl it was just that yep. simple it's it's not anymore so i've been to 16 rose bowls but it's it's been 16 17 years now since I've since we've been just the way that the bowl games have worked out, so uh, being there for that was exciting, uh, and of course, in, in a way, it's it's most fun to go to to Columbus, to East Lansing, to South Bend, the big games, the ones that mean something. I mean, being in Columbus, yeah, as you said, I'm getting booed the whole time, and people yell at yell at me because I have a little M on my uh, sweater or something, but. You know that's what it's all about. The big absolutely. Game. Yeah. I have a feeling. I, I have a feeling. I know the answer to this one. Um, what is the favorite? Your favorite venue that you have worked in? <laughs> Other than Michigan Stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that. Yeah, that's the most comfortable. We really have the best seats. Absolutely. Any any of the places that I that I've worked, we have. Boy, I've never been to some bowl games which were in pro stadiums. And the PA announcer is literally in the end zone at one end of the field. That's game and band announcer. I, I don't know how they do that. That's I think very they different. spend most of the time looking up at the at the scoreboard of the video and getting their information from that. But that's tough. Yeah. I mean, we're right next to the TV booth. So I'm on about the you know 45 yard line and the, the window's yeah, wide yeah. open and it's a great it's a great place to be. And it's exciting, as I say, to be in the uh, the opposing stadiums or or something big like the Rose Bowl. For sure. Um, what is your favorite sports memory? It could be a game that you watched. It could be, 
you know, something, a game that was uh, special to you because you went with somebody who, who meant something to you? Um, right. Favorite sports memory? Uh, I was there the night the Tigers won the World Series in 84. Uh, the Michigan band was there that night. We played before the game, game five. That was exciting. And I would point to a few Ohio State games, Michigan State games, and Notre Dame games. Really, those are those are the ones. The triple overtime against uh, Michigan State in 2004. You know, unbelievable comeback. And I suppose if somebody said, what's your favorite call you've ever done? I suppose it would be the, the final two plays of the 2001 game, which were simply Cade McNamara downs the ball <laughs> because it was it was all set. So absolutely, it was, wasn't an exciting play or a, a reverse where I had to keep track of everybody, but it it meant a lot, obviously. Just nice and easy. And then yeah. the final one is, if you could attend any sporting event, what would it be? Good question. I've been lucky. I've been to two World Series, uh, two Super Bowls, and then all the all the big games in football. I guess a national championship game is the only thing left. Yeah, uh, do that to be there with the Michigan band. So hopefully that hopefully this year we'll we'll get there. Uh, yeah, I know I know Desmond. <laughs> I know Desmond has us going there, so we'll see. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully we hopefully he's right. But uh, we should have been in the game last year. Yeah, absolutely. Everything went wrong, TCU. We we would have given the Georgia a better game than uh, than TCU did. I'm sure. I, but... I agree. I agree. Um, well, thank you so much. That's that's the last question I have for you. Um, it truly is an honor talking to you. Very happy I got to meet you. At this time, if there's anything that you would like to say, the floor is yours. I I have nothing unaccustomed as I am to public speaking. Uh, no, nothing special. Just go blue, of course, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down the road. So. Absolutely. I appreciate it, and uh, I will we'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on another episode of Into the Stands, the podcast where I unravel the fascinating tales of sports and entertainment personalities. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. A big shout out to our friends over at Around the Fifth Line. It's a Blue Jackets-based debate show that you can catch on YouTube as well as on all podcast platforms. If you're craving in-depth discussions about the game, they've got you covered. And for the latest hockey news and news focused on the Blue Jackets, head over to THN.com slash Columbus, home of the Hockey News Columbus with articles written by Jason Newland. Stay in the loop with the freshest insights and updates. Follow Jason on Twitter at F1RE the Cannon for even more hockey goodness. Connect with us on social media. Follow me personally at the scoreboard guy, S-C-R-B-R-D, and at Into the Stands for the latest on upcoming guests and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. We love hearing from our community, so drop us a message and suggest guests for future episodes. As we wrap up today's show, let's remember the wise words of both Wayne Gretzky and Michael Scott. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Until next time, this has been the scoreboard guy, Dave Fetzer. Thank you for listening. <laughs>